Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm joined by the co-host of co-host, Chris, joining me once again here. And today's topic really is a simple one, if you ask me, Chris. I think it's uh, it's it's really just a recap of the NASCAR Cup season. And uh, we're going to be talking about all things NASCAR going into the, the offseason here. Chris, I appreciate you joining me. But we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff today. It's, uh, it's kind of a laid-back episode. We're not going to be doing some crazy hot takes like Colin Cowherd and Stephen A. Smith, but we are going to have some fun with this season. And uh, Chris, thanks for joining me, bud. Yeah, no, I look forward to uh, you know. I know we're a couple couple weeks removed from uh, from Championship Weekend in Phoenix, but I think we'd be remiss not to uh, not to discuss uh, that the happenings of uh, of three of three. Uh, the three national championship races in uh, in Phoenix. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think when you, me, I, me and you were both talking about a topic, I think not only did we somewhat pick, I think I, I was correct on my pick for the cup winner, uh, Mr. Ryan Blaney, uh, or better known as YRB, or is the Ryan Blaney, or you can throw out any adjective you want to and then put Ryan Blaney in there. Uh, and but yeah, the cup the cup series was pretty much a uh, probably the, the the best show of the weekend in my. I think opinion. I was I think I was over three. I I need yeah, to go yeah, back it, and listen to the last yeah, episode and yeah, I think you were I definitely had, you were definitely terrible. Yeah, I think I had Hosevar, Nemechek, and Larson. I I believe I'd have to I'd have to. I wish we would have written would have written them down. Yeah, um, we we could have hold you. I could have held you to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the uh, the crazy thing is. Honestly, when it comes to cup racing, that was definitely the show of the weekend, uh, as they would say. But uh, we can go into it, man. I, I think first, but first and foremost, I just want to say congratulations to everybody that won the, the championships. It was definitely, you know, the season was the season. Uh, some good, some bad things happened. But uh, I think first, one thing. Go ahead. Sorry, me cut you off there. Yeah, I think one, a couple things. I, I, uh, I saw just reading articles and and uh, looking. So there were a few little stats that came out of out of Championship Weekend in Phoenix. So uh, Ford Motor Company obviously swept all three championships with with Ben Rhodes, Cole Custer, and Ryan Blaney. We'll obviously talk more about each of the races, but it was the first time that an OEM had swept all three. Uh, championships since 2001. That was the first time in she- that was Chevrolet with uh, with Jeff Gordon, Kevin Harvick, and Jack Sprague um, in each of the respective series back in in the year in the year 2001. Um, so something there from a from a from a uh, blue oval perspective. I know a lot of people had said the Fords, especially on the, on the Cup side, have been lacking speed. But uh, obviously, when it counted, it, it worked out uh, three different ways there for uh, for Ford. 
Yeah, I mean, I, that was actually an interesting tidbit that I read as well. And I was like, that's actually because they were struggling throughout the year. There was a that summertime drought, as I call it. There was a definitely a, a piece of the puzzle that you just go, all right. It, it's also could, could it be the new car? Could it could it be the teams trying to find some more speed? Things like that. So definitely a, a, a good year in a sense of other teams finding speed late in the year, but uh new car. I mean, there's definitely uh, means to, or needs to be improvement. That's for sure. With the cup car, uh, maybe on the short track package, as I, I know everyone's like, Oh, well, Phoenix counts technically as a short track. And I'm like, I'm talking about Bristol. I'm talking about Martinsville. Those races. Martinsville was entertaining to a certain level, but it was very boring through the, uh, I say the the middle parts of the race. And <laughs> if you were there in person, you had plenty of opportunity to get yourself a Martinsville hot dog. Let's just put it that way and get yourself plenty of beer. But I think, Chris, we, we need to take this into account here that, you know, the fine men and women that work on these cup teams and the teams across all three series need to enjoy themselves in the offseason. And by enjoying themselves, I mean partaking in this, going to check the scores. And and if you haven't checked out the scores, I if you are not aware of what I'm talking about, you definitely need to have a good time. That being said, I, this is not a sponsorship of the scores club at all, but this is a kind of reminder that from time to time, a man must go visit the scores to have themselves a good time. <laughs> Ten <Now>. four, man. <laughs> Now, back to the fun of the podcast. I, that, that's a good call out to all things holy in the world. Also, hey, it is a Morris, it is a dirty mo establishment, so you, you can't go wrong. But that is true. That is a dirty mo establishment. But also don't it's a good place to, to hide your kids and hide your wife. Yeah. Uh just go in there, you know, have a good time. Uh but I think let's let, let's let's head to Friday. <laughs> yeah, let's have <laughs> yeah, you know, any any Friday is fine. You know, any yep. Friday is good. Every day starts with why, my friend counts. is the day you can go. Um, <laughs> but seriously, uh, all jokes aside, a lot of men and women need to take their time away from the, the track and, and, and kind of reset themselves and get ready for Daytona. And I think it's well-deserved. But uh, for, let's, for, let's first go into it. I, I think the, the monstrosity that it was the truck series race, I, I, I cannot... Uh, just shake my head in the negative more uh, any any more than I already have. I think one uh, point of order before we get into the race, yeah. um, I, I'd like to mention is the fact that first of all, from a from a television perspective, I, I live in North Carolina, and from a television perspective, green flag of that truck race was not until ten, I believe it was ten eleven p.m. on a Friday night. I have never. In my lifetime, seeing the start of a are, are championship talk, race. Are we going to talk about the the the, the 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 broadcast team was doing it remote? <laughs> We're going to talk about that, that too. Yeah, we could we could touch on that too. But just the just I mean the the biggest elephant in the room, in my opinion, even before the the debacle of a race was the fact that the green flag for you know for for the race was not until and I understand yes you're racing on the west coast, but green flag was not until ten almost ten fifteen at night. So unbelievable, but yeah, uh, I, I'll just say, how are you going to have a, how are you going to draw a number? You know what I mean? So it's not exactly. It, it's, so I, I just think legitimately 
that race was what I like to call if anyone's ever raced on moon car and I racing, which if anyone hasn't, uh, it's a fun, fun of a good time, but it's also, it, you know, boys will be boys and you wreck each other and no, no cares in the world. And it, it's, it's on iRacing, by the way. Uh, but the thing is, a big takeaway, honestly, is that they were they were intentionally wrecking each other at one point, and it, it is downright just disrespectful, not only to the sport, but like honestly, it was just downright disrespectful to like all the fans and attendance that went that late start time. The the broadcast team was just, dude, it was not not, not you know you knew it was a slap in the face with the broadcast team is legitimately doing it remote. That's a slap in the face to the cup cheer, like the the, the, the potential winners of the championship. Like, I would have yeah. been like, are we serious? Well, <laughs> I, I think, you know, from that perspective, we can talk more about the broadcast stuff and maybe in a, another episode, especially once the television deal is figured out. But I think, um, you know, I, just going back to the race itself and one of some, you know, I, ultimately the race didn't really go off the rails until really late in the event. I think you looked at it, you probably said um, the majority of the race. And I'll admit there were points I actually fell asleep during the race, but um, yeah, me too. you know, uh, I think, you know, Grand Enfinger was definitely in the position to win that championship late. And then obviously the, uh, the, you know, everything changed when, uh, when Carson Hosevar spun uh, Corey Heim out. Um, while they were battling for, for, for position, uh, late in the race. And, um, you know, ultimately obviously led to a, to an accident late where, uh, Heim by all intents and purposes paid host of our back ending his chance at a championship. And, um, you know, Ben Rhodes who wins his second championship. Um, but no, I mean, I think, you know, we, and we could talk about it here, but I think, you know, the challenge you look at it from from the perspective is, is that, you know, there's a, the truck series has always, or has really, I've has really grown in terms of how aggressive these drivers have become. And I think a lot of that stems from, you know, you mentioned moon car and I racing and, and, and legends cars and all that type of racing where the whole idea is just to, you know, when you get somebody just move them out of the way. And, you know, if we're not, teaching that type of if if that type of respect is not being taught on track and or being enforced by by nascar unfortunately that's what happens when you um you know you get into i'll say I'll, I'll say this chris man the crazy thing is man um and it's it, it really is if your car is so damn good if your car is so much better than the competition in front of you you got another turn to prove it like that's the whole point. Like I can understand if you're in the last lap, you're going in for the championship. You got the last three guys beating and banging. Okay, I, I'll get it. But be respectful to a certain point where, you know, what's make the turn? Don't use me as the damn brakes to make the turn, dude. You know, I, I saw that a couple times, and I just said, "What the? F are we watching? Like you got to turn left somewhere." <laughs> There's that one point where I was like, "Are we serious?" This is what we're getting right now. We're getting this this amateur hour. I mean, I was like, all right, time to. <laughs> okay, I'll come back later because I'm not going to. I'll watch the recap on YouTube or something. I ain't going to sit here and watch this anymore. The, the one thing I will say, and I don't know if you agree or disagree, but when you go back and you look at the the contact between Hosevar and Heim, I mean, Hosevar, 
after he spins him out, you know, basically has, looks like he has basically a, a, a breakdown in the car. Like he didn't mean to do it. Like I get it to a certain two, two things. I get it to a certain extent. Okay. You didn't want to move the guy, but in reality, you bumped the guy a lap before and eventually you finally moved him. So yes, there was intent to move Corey Heim. Number two, it's like, okay, once the deed is done and you have spun him out, why are you continuing to build on it? Like you need to put that out of your mind and say, listen, yeah, I spun him out. Yeah, I screwed up. Yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to get roasted in the media. But when it comes down to it, if I win a championship, what that really shouldn't even matter. So that well, was that's something where, I it's took a, away. It's a, Danny, it's a Danny Hamlin effect there, though, man. Because, like, if that guy owned up to it outside the car, let's say he pops out of the car after the race and he goes, yeah, I wrecked his ass. Like, it, it, it it's an automatic suspension. So these guys amongst themselves, like, you talk to a lot of race car drivers and they probably will tell you that when they do something like that, they knew it was coming. They know it's coming. Like, I mean, the guy deserves it. Like, I'll look, I'll give an example. The the prime example of this and I'll, of the comparison of it was Blaney with, with Ross Chastain. Now, and the reason why I bring this comparison up, though, Chris, is Blaney is getting pissed off because he knows the five's coming. He knows the five's coming behind him. He's probably about 10, 12 car lengths back. He's racing for the championship. Now, is it arrow blocking? Is it? It wasn't necessarily like blatantly like Joey Logano blocking a Penske truck across a low underpass. If anyone's ever seen that meme, that's priceless. Um, but it's not that bad. But what it was is it's arrow blocking, and he knew the five was coming, right? So you you look at that situation, and you look at what happened in the truck series, and you go, Blaney tapping him in the back as he's going into the corner. That's a shot going, dude. I don't have the patience for this anymore. He didn't wreck his car, though. Okay? That's called restraint. That's called respect to a certain level, as I say. He is not enjoying himself in that race car. If you ever heard Ryan Blaney on the radio during that segment, he was not having a good time. But I think you can agree with me on this. He could have wrecked his ass if he wanted to and moved him. But Blaney chose not to. And he bumped him, gave him a good shot, got the point across, and kept on his business. The truck drivers, I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of their backgrounds, Chris. And I think it's very, um, how do I say it, is that, and I think a, a couple of guys on podcasts have mentioned, even Junior, I think even Kenny Wallace has said it too, is that a lot of these guys have never worked on these cars themselves. So they don't respect the fact that, you know, when you tear these things up, you got to fix them, you know? And and so, and if there's no respect there on the the quality of work ethic and work and and workmanship to get these cars ready for a weekend, a week out. I mean, I don't know about you, man, but there's still a driving. There's still, you wrecked the car during qualifying. You you started the rear of the field, right? There's still that rule, right? Yeah. And yeah, but again, it's it's only a practice though. So like, here's the, here's the thing though. I'm just saying that, at some point, these kids got to understand. I know they're kids because I'm saying they're t- kids because they're really what 10, 12 years younger than us. These guys race like there's n- there's reckless abandonment. It is blatant. Yeah. It is bad. Yeah. Like Corey Heim, in my opinion, great driver throughout the regular season, but was he blocking? No, I think that was just good hard racing. You know, this good old hard nosed racing, and then Josevar, 
as I said earlier, if you're that much better than the guy that you're trying to you're trying to pass, you've got another turn. It, Phoenix has arguably some of the best passing areas on track in, in an oval situation. Like really, they do. I mean, I know people don't like to hear that, but Phoenix has some of the best passing areas. It's not tight corners like you. It blows. We're we're looking at restarts, Chris. Where it goes four or five wide. Like what track do you see does that really? I mean, not, yeah, it, not it's, very many. It's, not many. many. So it's like, if you're so much better than the guy that you need to pass, you got plenty of opportunity. Which we're, we're racing for the end of the year too. On top of that, so I, I mean, I, it's just one of those. Dis- I think you're, we go back to this point we talked about off air before we came on, and it, you talked about it. it. It's NASCAR needs to do a better job. But at, at what point is you know, it's not always NASCAR's ability to to regulate. In this case, to me, that needs that's the drivers regulating themselves to a certain level. That's yeah, just- but and Denny Hamlin actually brought it up on his podcast. He said, you know, the, and again, you're right when the way you say, like, yeah, the, it's always been traditionally, you know, that the, that the garage police itself. But there comes a point where you almost can't let the uh, let the inmates run the asylum. So. I think that'll be a. I think that'll certainly be a, a point of, of discussion and order. I'm sure. And 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 again, you know, the the level of decorum, you know, probably will will need to change or will change over time. But you know, we'll we'll certainly see. Uh, you know, as kind of as time goes along. I'm very saddened to read though that uh, there's no Ted. There's not no a Joe Nemechek or Ted Musgraves in the truck series, and I think uh, that will fix a lot of that. You know, I, I uh, yeah, you know that's. I mean, really, there's Grant Enfinger might be the oldest one in the room. Yeah. Rhett Moffitt might be the oldest. You know, those guys are a little bit older. What, in their late, early, late, late 20s, maybe. They're 24, 25, 26, 27. Yep. So they might be the oldest guys on the track. They, they in the truck series in the day, back in the day, had a Ted Busgrave and Joe Nemechek. And, and, that, and those boys, the young men and women, learned under that leadership. And uh, I think there needs to be one of those downstairs in the in the the truck series to kind of help bring these kids up the right way. I mean, there's no Mark Martin. In all seriousness, Mark Martin was the cleanest race car driver of all time. Absolutely. And and, and he's one of the. If you look at any race car driver during that era that raced against him, they would say the same damn thing. Mark Martin raced you like you raced him, and he gave you respect. And same thing with Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon said about Mark Martin. He's like, if I gave him a shot, he gave me one right back, and it was never personal. It was never personal, and that was that's the way it should be done. I think a lot of this stuff where he you saw Hosevar, was it Hosevar? No, was it? yeah, it was Hosevar. He got upset in the car, and I, I said, "What, dude? Just own it. Just own it. You wreck time. It, it, just own it. Stop, stop being a toddler. You know, you're inside the car. You're strapped in. Number one, uh, you know the cameras are coming to you." The camera's going to be, you're in the championship four. The camera shots are in your car. Like they, they, they spend weekend, they spend it Saturday, Saturday night. They install the cameras in the car for the weekend. Or is that done on yeah, Friday? Or, t- or, or typically the day before. Yeah. They'll, yeah. they'll install yeah. them in. So it's like, eh, it's, it's to me, it's like, come on now. Like everybody don't, don't, let's not kid ourselves here. You know, like what's, what's act like we're, we're adults. And yeah. listen, I, was it perfect that he did it? No, I, I think. The, the wrecking of the Ben Rhodes, I mean, 
he didn't have a spectacular race, but he was there at the end, you know, he was there at the end when it mattered. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think that I'll say let's move over to the Xfinity side. Yeah. Because, let's uh, move on to Saturday. Cause that was actually a little bit more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch it. It's still kind of boring. I would say <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I think, I think once again, you know, I think the, you, you had to look at, you know, the Xfinity series has been really been do- not dominated, but has been controlled really by three drivers, uh, Cole Custer, John Harnemachek and Justin Allgaier. And when it came down to it at the end, it was Cole Custer, John Harnemachek and Justin Allgaier battling for, uh, battling for the, uh, for the championship. You know, of course, obviously Sam Mayer was the fourth driver in it, his first time in, in the champ four. And, um, you know, just kind of looking at, at the race itself. It, I think for sure the, the double zero and the, the tw- and the uh, 20 probably were the, the two best cars, um, I think maybe the t- maybe give a little bit of a of advantage to the to the twenty, but um, you know obviously when it mattered there and on a late race restart, uh, you know uh, uh, Cole Custer takes care of, takes care of business and wins his first Xfinity title. He'd been he'd been so close the last couple of years, uh, or you know had been close last couple of years before he went full time in the Cup Series for the last. Uh, three years but you know moves back down kind of in that similar uh move that we've seen with several drivers and now trying to work his way back up to the cup series which i i do believe at some point he will go back full-time um cup racing and uh yeah i mean takes home a takes home a championship yeah i mean really i would say that that was one of the one of the good races of the weekend for sure um i enjoyed it I mean, I was surprised by um, All Guyer being there at the end a little bit, and that's just me as a race car driver fan going. All Guyer is one of those unspoken guys in the Xfinity series. Like he just, he's like the the tree that just stands there for thirty years and never leaves and never moves. Like he just, he's always going to be consistently up there in the front. But at the same time, how he gets there is just different. Like y- you can tell also that wasn't not saying that there was a priority between the two teams. But you can tell as Allgaier worked through the year, he was falling behind the mayor a little bit and yep. on results. And and that's just how it kind of played out. And hey, listen, do I Cole Custer did his thing. I mean, if that's not an example of, hey, you give me an opportunity to go down, that's not my choosing, I would say. Maybe some people say it was his choosing to go down to the Xfinity level, but I believe that it wasn't. I think it was more of a, a, a edict from the manufacturer and, and, and the ownership team of Stuart Haas. And he went down below. He went down Xfinity level and he won himself a championship. Yep. That tells me that he can drive a car. He, he's definitely qualified to be in a race piece of equipment. Now, if will this gather himself some monetary you know, partnerships and, and hopefully he can gain himself another, you know, back, you know, get back to ride, um, which we'll find out here in the off season, what they're going to do with the 10 cards, Stuart Haas. Um, and they already know what to do with the four car with Josh Berry heading over there, which it'd be very interesting. Is, is that confirmed by the way, the 10 car uh, with Eric Amarola leaving? Is that confirmed? Yeah. Both Eric Amarola and, and Smithfield are, are gone. So the ru- the rumor has been, that Noah Gregson could be uh, potential in that car. Um, obviously, nothing, nothing, nothing for sure announced, but 
Um, but yeah, the, the 10 car is open um, in, in okay. for 20 for 2024. I mean, that's that's it's not like I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm baffled by that decision. Um, it's just surprising to me in a very serious sense that, you know, if, if Cole Custer is not in consideration for his, his uh, for even the 10 car, I'll be very surprised. You know, he deserves the opportunity to be considered um, based on that performance. But Well, he it's already been announced that he, he's going to return full-time to Xfinity next year. So, you know, I think maybe we could see him a couple one-offs and some, some maybe, you know, a Rick Ware car. He's, he, he's run that car a couple times this year. Um, you know, I think that could be a possibility looking towards next year. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of, of his, his actual plans, the, it was announced, um, okay. it was announced that, that he and, and, and Riley Herbst will be back next year full time in the, uh, okay. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a negative thing that he's yeah. down there. I just think that no. he, he should, in my view, as a race fan, I believe yeah. that he should have first, I would say first dibs to the car. Yep. But at the same time, if they do bring in a guy like Noah Gregson, um, that 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 tells me that Tony Stewart is taking a little bit more ownership of of who's in what car. And may, I'm not trying to read more into it than what it is, though, Chris. It's if you look at the quality of race car driver and what Tony Stewart looks for and what he likes in race car drivers, Noah Noah and Josh Berry match that to a T. In, in 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 concept in what they do on the track it is also it gives them flexibility to go race other things if they chose so choose if that makes sense to you i think josh barry i know he's ran a, a some late model stuff for junior and and things like that in the past so i'm not sure how that's going to play out this year for him but i know he would did he run did he run the fall brawl he did yeah so there's he and and well, he and Ryan Priest are going to, uh, I think, are going to are going to do some off season racing, even in, even in season racing as as Kevin Harvick, who uh, now has basically kind of restarted a, uh, a a late model stock team with um, with KHI, uh, you know, and obviously his he, he Junior Dale Earnhardt Junior Justin Marks and Jeff Burton's involvement from a uh, from a ownership standpoint in the Cars Tour, so. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see Josh Berry running not only obviously full time on Sundays, but also um, in a, a part time basis uh, running uh, late models running like some, he used to do. Late yeah. model stuff, exactly. Uh, so. and, and I think that's going to be good for for everyone involved. But uh, I think as a you know here who I mean listen if if Gregson takes to ten, okay, the four is covered obviously with Barry. And you have Priest, is that who I think it is in the other car? Yeah, right. Priest on forty-one, and then the fourteen is, uh, is Chase Briscoe. So, yeah, so all, all the holes are basically filled over there. It just basically, is going to be that that one car. Um, and and, and not to be remiss, not to get in a silly season because I know we were going to talk about that later. But Haley Deegan deciding a full time ride for next year in the Xfinity Series. Logical conclusion in my view. Um, let's see how I, I'm a wait and see guy when it comes to her. Um, until she does something that's credible and this is no disrespect towards her personally as a woman or anything. It's just, I have not seen on track performance that dictates the, the reason to pay attention. Um, that's just facts. I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but in the truck series that, you know, the truck series, she didn't have the results she probably liked 
And so I think maybe the Xfinity series, she might have something worthwhile talking about or doing. And, and she did well in Las Vegas in that one start. So it see what happens. Um, I believe that's a smaller team though, too, right, Chris? That's a yeah, AM Racing, which uh, will field uh, they 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 fielded uh, they they fielded uh, trucks here for several seasons, um, but then last year moved up to the Xfinity Series full time with with Brett Moffitt and and Ford, and now adding a, a second car, so that'll obviously beef up the uh, the contingent for uh, for Ford in the Xfinity Series. So, I mean, that's that's that. Uh, I would say it's going to be interesting Xfinity Series because a lot of fans do still like the Xfinity Series car. They like the old, they like that, that 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 package that it brings to the track. Yep. Not to be remiss with the next package that obviously was the main event of the weekend. Okay, the main event of the weekend obviously was the Cup Series, which I, I still truly believe that it was the pay-per-view or the reason to watch for the weekend. It, it was by far some of the best racing you saw when it comes to drama down the stretch in a sense of not drama, like a bunch of teenage people fighting it's drama in a sense where you have a lot of high intensity situations going on here and things were going to happen. Things needed to happen or not happen depending on how things played out. And I think Chris, we could talk about the cup series race in a very serious way that, I've said it in the podcast here. I called Ryan Blaney the win, not because of any any more type of fandom than any one other person of race car driving. That that little that guy literally put on a clinic this year on how to improve as a race car driver throughout the entire year on tracks that he have not has not performed well in. He's done really exceptionally better. And I think he's taken himself ownership, and he said it in the interviews after the race. There is no secret pill; it's not luck, right? And I love that. I love that response. That that snap reaction back. I said, "Ah, oh, he's got some anger. <laughs> it's good to see a young man with a little bit of feistiness." And uh, I, I think he showed on a clinic of how to be a, a, a true, truly well-rounded race car driver this year. So, yeah, it, I- and he well well deserving. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously, I, you know, I picked Kyle Larson win the championship, and uh, you know, Larson coming up second. But you know, and I said, but I did say to myself, you know, Ryan Blaney, I think has a, has a, has a shot to win it. There's no, there's no doubt about it. If they put together a, a as perfect day as they needed to, um, they, they definitely had a shot. And he and and Jonathan Hassler and that whole uh, twelve team. I mean, you know, hats off to them. Um, you know, one, I think one of the things that you look at. Uh, fr- from that perspective, is their you know is their ability, especially here on this, you know, basically in the whole round of eight in those last five races where they were able to find just find the speed that they needed. Um, they found the speed that they needed, and and you know, and and Denny again, I know I'm alluding a lot to what Denny Hamlin said, and you know, which was a great point is like you know the way that the playoffs work, and in so many ways, you just have to position yourself in the right position late in the year, and then. You know, the Penske cars have been good at Phoenix. So, you know, putting that onus on Phoenix has been huge. And and Ryan and Joey and that entire organization have found something at Phoenix. And I think it may be, you know, that the fact that Arrow, you know, I know, and we've talked about the struggles for Ford in terms of Arrow, that, you know, racing at a track there like Phoenix, even though obviously Arrow still plays a factor, it's not near as big of a factor as it would be 
um, you know, at other places. And, you know, it, it ultimately worked out. You know, I think you look at it from, uh, from even on Friday, if, if, if anyone did watch, you know, who watched practice, you saw that the five car had really good fire off speed and, you know, but on the long run, it seemed like it was the 12 and the 20 of Christopher Bell that were probably the two best cars. And you go to, you go to qualifying on, on, uh, on Saturday and the Hendrick cars proved to be the two fastest cars there and Blaney starting deep in the field in 15th. Um, but he and Bell worked their way to the front. Uh, you know, William Byron kind of led early and, and led often early, but once he got you know, I felt like, I felt like they kind of lost pace as the race went along. Um, and they kind of struggled on the long run as did the five and, you know, the 12 and obviously the 20 had its issues blowing a, uh, Blake, a brake rotor, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the 12 car just proved to be that car that ne- it needed to be on the long run. And in the end, Ryan Blaney's hoisting his, uh, his first NASCAR cup series championship. Uh, another stat I, I saw was that Penske or uh, Team Penske has won w- at least one championship in the last 10, uh, in, since 2012, Team Penske has won at least one championship a year in all the different series that they've competed in. So yeah. whether it's NASCAR or IndyCar or, you know, obviously Xfinity for several years, uh, but also the V8 Supercar Championship, uh, sports car racing. I mean, what a... <laughs> What can you say? And in the last two years, obviously winning the last two Cup Series championships for the first time ever, winning the Indianapolis 500. Um, I mean, what a what a what a glorious few years for for everybody at uh, at Team Penske. When you look, just look at the numbers. Yeah, it must be getting really. I would say if you're a Penske employee, it must be you're starting to run out of real estate in your house to put stuff because all the cool things you do get for winning championships. But I, I will say. Honestly, it, it is. It was uniquely we it, and a fun experience as a race fan to see the post race because everybody understands that moment, right? You think, Chris, everyone understands how it would feel, kinda, right? It's pretty cool that you win a championship, but to see the camaraderie of the race fandom as well as the race car, you know, community. The race, the NASCAR community in the cup garage, really, they all walked up to him. Like, literally, like half, like, I think about what, 10 drivers walked up to Ryan in, in the middle of the, he's trying, like, he's this guy on the car, and it's like one after the other. It's like, it's like a conga line saying, Hi, how are you doing? And it was, it was a lot of his friends, obviously. They're all friendly. Uh, you know, there's some friends in that group, but it was definitely cool to see him in the post race answer a question about the shot with Ross Chastain. And I said, if that doesn't sum up the year, of, of just being a fan of racing. And he goes, he literally says, F yeah, I hit him on purpose. Like <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I did it on purpose. Like it was great. And yeah. I said, Den- Denny Hamlin must have loved him for that one. Cause he was like, I did the same thing and I got a suspension. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, there's a little double standard there, but you know, you have to look at it from this perspective. So Ross, um, you know, again, I'm look- I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers and, and various things. Ross Chastain is the, is the first drive first non champ four driver to win at to win the finale uh, in 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 the format's history. Uh, the last time that a uh, a non championship winner won uh, the the season finale was Denny Hamlin back in 2013 at at Homestead, and then the year uh, actually two consecutive years it was done. Denny Hamlin in in, in 2013, and then. Uh, um, Jeff Gordon in 2012 when Brad Keselowski won 
won the championship. So, you know, the, 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 the premise had been for a long time that the, that the guy who needed to win, you know, if you, if you need, if you want to win the championship, he had to win the race. And that was indeed true. But, you know, for the fact of this weekend in re- or this, or, uh, this past couple of weeks when, when the race happened, you know, I think everyone looked at and said, okay, I have to win. But in reality, um, you know, for, for Ryan Blaney, I mean, he just had to outrun those other three guys. So, um, which, I, I will say that, did. I mean, that, that's what he did. I mean, it was, it was, I, I think we t- I talked about it earlier. It just, it was a, a bona fide clinic of just how to race. I mean, how to long run speed was great. And I got worried there in those late, I mean, a lot of guys got worried, you know, a lot of fans got worried as well as when, it, you know, they had these late, late race cautions that kind of, it happens all the time where you, you, if your guy has long run speed, do you have the short run speed to kind of keep yourself in that situation to, you know, for the, for the couple, you know, 20 lap run instead of the long run. And, uh, we saw that kind of, you know, just, it, it just really, really was kind of one of those things where I said, okay, you know, Chastain might win this race, but Blaney's going to, he's going to out. Cause Larson, when Larson got loose off a turn there, I said, uh Oh, that's, that's Larson's shot right there. And he, that, that just poofed and thin and it just went up in smoke right there, as I, they would say. And it, it is what it is, man. I think good season overall. I, I think he's going to have to, I think Daytona is going to be very interesting for him because a lot of us fans go, okay, Blaney was good on, the plate restrictor, you know, the restrictor plate tracks always there towards the end. See how he does here at Daytona. You know, he's been runner up here a couple times, you know, yeah. um, things like that. So see what happens. I mean, it's going to be an interesting year. I think the off season is going to be interesting to see with all these announcements and silly season. And, uh, I'm trying to think anything else you want to talk about, Chris, where we sign it off, man. I'm just trying to think here. I think we, I think we covered a, cover a lot of ground. So yeah, we'll, you know, as uh, as the off season kind of progresses and we see announcements made, I think we can start. You know, maybe talking and analyzing those uh, those moves, and uh, you know, kind of kind of go from there. But you know, another season of uh, the seventy fifth season of, of NASCAR racing is uh, is in the uh, is in the books. Yep. Well, Chris, I appreciate you joining me, everybody. Thank you for listening. Have a good. Uh, if I everyone, if I, I should put out an episode Thanksgiving week, but uh, everyone have a great holiday season. There will be podcasts during the month of December, but, you know, it's going to be interesting uh, what topics we decide to pick through, if any, uh, (laughs) depending on schedule slash holiday festivities. But always have a good season. Enjoy the weather. If you're dealing a tropical climate, as I say, if you're dealing with cold, make sure you wear a coat and uh, everybody have a good rest of your week. Chris, thank you for joining me. Appreciate it, buddy. Yes, sir. All righty. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.